welcome to the official podcast of FCS Fans Nation with your hosts, Kyler Neal, Matthew Frazee, and Lawrence Smith. FCS Fans Nation, Frisco, Frisco, Frisco. We are heading down to Texas. We are heading down to the big state down south to crown a new FCS champion. And we feel like champions tonight because, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by the hardest working man on the planet, the hardest working man in FCS football, especially this spring season, Mr. Sam Herder. Oh, I wish, Jamie. I wish. Sam Herder with Hero Sports and BetMGM is joining us tonight on the podcast, taking some time for the common man. Sam Herder, welcome to the pod. We've had you on before. How are you doing, sir, as we prep for Frisco? I'm doing great. Uh, pumped up to, to get down to Frisco uh, this next weekend, and I'm certainly glad to be talking some FCS football with you guys. Uh, you know, really uh, an honor to, to be on the podcast. You guys have... Um, you know, done a great thing, not only with the Facebook page, but with the podcast as well from your first episode to now doing some video stuff and some video editing. Um, and you, know, you guys get more and more questions, you know, every single week, it seems like. And so the engagement you guys get is really awesome. Thanks, Sam. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you taking the time for, like I said, the common man like us. Uh, for you folks who may be stumbling upon this because you love Sam Herder and you're listening to him on one of his many podcasts he guests for, we're the FCS Fans Nation podcast ran and operated by the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram pages we run. And our podcasts are always ran by fans' questions that they post on our Facebook page weekly. So the fans guide the podcast, which is sweet. Uh, Jamie, I'm going to check how you're doing tonight, my man. I'm rocking a Hero Sports shirt right here. You're rocking the Hero Sports hat. Also, Bet MGM, who Sam Herter is very involved with. Uh, Kyler, I know you're doing good. This. Yeah, I know we're, you're doing good, Kyler. Jamie, uh, how are you doing tonight before we kick the pod with uh, your Dukes being the newest victim in the FCS playoffs, my man? Yeah, I'm doing a lot better than I was last night. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm glad this podcast was not last night because I was just quite frustrated. I'm sure you could tell through the message I was sending in our group chat. I was, I was not happy with about four minutes of play. Unfortunately came down to two, to me, I boiled it down to two plays that uh, unfortunately we failed to execute on. Sam Houston did. Um, I'm not making excuses. Uh, I've heard a lot of excuses. I, I don't have time for those. Uh, Sam Houston, they made the plays and they need to make them. We should have continued to play hard and quit the conservative BS play calling in the second half that I've been calling for every single week, but it bit us this time. And uh, congratulations to Sam Houston. You have been bringing that up. And guys, a lot of our questions tonight really are forward thinking. A lot of people want to know what's going to happen down in Frisco. They want to know what we're going to be doing down in Frisco. So let's not spend too much time on the semifinal recap, but I just want to get Sam's views on it. And then Jamie yourself as a James Madison fan in terms of what those semifinal games kind of told you moving forward. And how did they play out in terms of your expectations versus reality? Uh, starting with you, Sam, we want to get a lot of your opinions tonight. What did you think about those semifinal games, sir? Yeah, uh, you know, first off, I know sometimes you guys do the what are we drinking uh, tonight? And this is how, uh, you know, unbiased I am for the people in the video. So I'm drinking a, a Sam Adams. Um, hey! hey. Sam for the Sam Houston, but it's the label is blue for the people watching, you know, on video. Yeah, <laughs> well, I got, I got it's a, more of a lighter blue. It's more of a Rhode Island blue, but you know, still blue. So, oh, Sam, there we go. <laughs> yeah, I got my yellow one. So, does that mean we got Sam Adams' uh, bunny color? Is yeah, it's South Dakota State colors, uh, right there. Uh, but yeah, go. I mean, the semifinals were great. I mean, obviously, two you know, really impressive wins for two different reasons. You know, I didn't see South Dakota State dominating uh, like they did, but, you know, the the Nolan Henderson injury hurts, but I still think even if he wouldn't have gotten hurt, you know, South Dakota State still probably would have rolled. Uh, their offensive and defensive line is just really overwhelmed Delaware. Um, and, you know, on the flip side, I mean, what can you say about that, that comeback win for Sam Houston? Uh, I mean, I, I floated the question to you, Matt, about, when it was, I think it was 24 to three at halftime where it was, you know, if, if Sam Houston doesn't close this gap at all, I mean, we're going to, are we going to go back to the narrative of, of Sam Houston is always that team that gets blown out. 
in the playoffs. And I, I put the caveat, we'll see how well this ages. And obviously yeah. it did not age well at all. So I kind of beat people to the punch there by, by throwing that in there. Uh, but I mean, just a, an amazing comeback uh, by Sam Houston. Um, I mean, it looked for a little bit that they were just going to not only come back, but roll Sam or roll James Madison. Uh, and then, you know, James Madison came back, made it interesting. Uh, but obviously Sam Houston like to have these entire playoffs. Uh, they, they, they made that one play to, to really seal the game or made those couple of plays late to, to really seal the game. And so, uh, yeah, just two really impressive performances in the semis. Yeah, Sam, don't feel too bad. You put if in your comments. I tweeted out at halftime, there's no way on God's green earth James Madison will give up a 24-3 to lead. And uh, that has been aging like fine wine with the Bearcat fans. <laughs> Well-deserved. Terrible take on my, my end. Uh, Jamie, let's just get a quick reaction from you, man, on both the games on how you felt, not only with your Dukes uh, going down a bit, but South Dakota State and Delaware. Yeah, I'll start with the first game. I mean, I knew it was going to be tough for Delaware. Uh even with Nolan Henderson, as soon as he had that injury, uh, you knew the game was pretty much done. South Dakota State had everything clicking anyway. Uh, like like Sam just said, it just that game was got out of hand quick, and I think most people just flipped to the second game uh, as soon as it started because it was pretty well over. Uh, like I said a little bit ago, uh, really really disappointed with how that game played out yesterday for James Madison. Uh, to me, I boil it down to the uh, punt return by. Ezard, gosh, what an explosive player! Um, he's got to have he's going to have some eyeballs on him. Uh, and then on the kickoff, that's with the wind in their face, and the guys didn't run up to it. Bad communication, funky bounce, and Sam Houston jumped on it. And that was right at the end of the third quarter. I feel like if either of those plays, they don't run the punt all the way back, or we just field the, the kickoff, the quarter runs out. Maybe we have a different result. Unfortunately, we didn't. But like I said, full marks to Sam Houston. Uh, that's a good team, and they're no longer soft Houston. I mean, if they were soft Houston, it would have gone 48 to 10, and that's just what it would have been. But they battled back. They showed a lot of resilience, and a lot of we've said it before, a lot of credit to Casey Keeler. And the only one person I do want to call out, Ben DiNucci. Dude, I know you're not watching this, <laughs> but you tried to body bag Sam Houston. Uh, you you got to take the L, son. Uh, yeah. Can't delete, can't delete that tweet. tweet. No. Can't delete that tweet. People have receipts. Uh, yeah. It would have been funny. It was funny, but I also said when I posted the game wasn't over, and it wasn't. Um, pretty disappointed. Um, we made it to the semifinals with a lot of depth. We showed a lot of depth. I know we got quite a few seniors. Most of them are coming back, but we played a lot of young guys too. So future still bright in Harrisonburg. Um, unfortunately, again we lost Miller than we probably should have, which has kind of been a little bit of a narrative in our history, if you really look at it, even way back to 2008 and on. Yeah, uh, tough one for you to take, Jamie. We're still excited to have you down in Frisco. And uh, now we can all cheer as unbiased and fun as possible because none of our squads will be down there. They'll just be stress-free and fun. Guys, let's look forward to that matchup. And Kyler, I'll finally bring you into the fold with your beautiful Sam Adams beer. Uh, Mr. Dustin Helton wants to know to start things off with this national championship, we've seen just how explosive the Sam Houston offense and special teams can be. Did the Jackrabbits have a counter for it? So, Kyler, what do you think? Does, does SDSU finally have the defense that maybe they've been missing a little bit in the past to stop this explosive Bearcats offense? Yeah, first, before I even reply, can we just say thank God for Sam Houston with the semifinals? Because the semifinals no. and the FCS has been so boring since, you know, Youngstown State for Eastern Washington. Normally, when you see the final four teams, you're like, yes, we're getting competitive football. We have not seen competitive football in the semifinals in the longest time. So thank God for Sam Houston. And JMU, I'll give JMU credit too. Hell of a game. Uh, but yeah, Dustin's question. South Dakota State's defense is, is good. Um, they're big, they're physical, they're fast, but my, the question was, what does South, does South Dakota state has something to basically compete with Sam Houston? I guess, is that kind yeah. of, can they, can they counter that explosive Sam Houston offense enough defensively? Basically. I mean, I think they can, it's, I don't think it's going to be a high scoring game like the JMU one. Um, uh, but one thing that does make me nervous on the South Dakota state side is it seems like they are more aligned with in between a JMU and a North Dakota state in terms of how their offensive styles are going, their strengths are Sam Houston's defense strengths in terms of their running game versus Sam Houston's defense or defensive line running attack. Um, and then their 
passing attack, it's improved. It's way better than North Dakota State. But statistically speaking, it's not as good as James Madison. So that's going to be kind of the difference. I, I think defensively, South Dakota State can cause a lot of issues for Sam Houston State. And I don't think we're going to have that high scoring flying offense, kind of like we saw in the semifinals. But um, I'm more nervous to see what does South Dakota State's offense look like rather than their defense for Sam Houston. That will be interesting. Uh, Sam, what do you think about this? Is South Dakota State's defense have a counter for Sam Houston? What, what do you think? Yeah, I think there is a concern with uh, with South Dakota State's secondary. Uh, we saw Southern Illinois. They went for over 300 yards passing in the quarterfinals, and Southern Illinois – uh, you know, has tremendous wide receivers. And I think you can put uh, Sam Houston's passing attack, you know, right up with their, you know, if not even better than, than Southern Illinois. So I do think there is that concern there with the secondary. Uh, you know, South Dakota State's corners did play a lot better in the second half against Southern Illinois. That carried over to the game against Delaware. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, South Dakota State's defensive line really helped the secondary by basically not allowing Henderson more than three seconds to throw the ball. And we did see JMU get after Schmidt. Uh, it was a weird game. So there was, there was some moments where the offensive line played well for Sam Houston, other, other times where James Madison was a bit more disruptive. But we did see JMU get to Schmidt uh, a, a couple of times. And so I think that's going to be really important for South Dakota State is to get home to Schmidt. Uh, but not only get home, uh, but once you get your arms on him, uh, you can't let him escape. We saw Nolan Henderson do that countless times, uh, you know, kind of spin out even with a bad knee and escape pressure. Uh, you know, South Dakota State, you can get away with allowing that because it was such a blowout win. Uh, but Schmidt is just as good with his legs uh, as Henderson. And so I think the important thing that South Dakota State needs to do is get pressure on Schmidt just because I don't think South Dakota State's secondary can cover for four or five seconds down the field. Absolutely. Do you, uh, Just kind of random in here before we keep going with the fan questions. Uh, do you guys, do any of you feel like either team has really faced the type of quarterback that the opposition is going to provide them this Sunday in terms of mobile quarterback? Southern Illinois, for sure, with kind of that triple option, weird rotation they put in. But Mammoth, NDSU, Cole Johnson, you know, Delaware. I mean, Nolan was moving a little bit, but do you think either team's really had a test in comparison to the two QBs we'll see? Jamie, do you think this is going to be new for both of them in the field? I, th I think it's it's pretty yeah fairly different from what the styles that the either team has really seen. Uh, you know, down up in the valley, they do a lot of pound the football, or, you know, run heavy games. Southlands exact opposite; they sling it around. Um, I, I think Sam Houston is really going to have to have a plan for Gronowski. Um, sort I mean, just sort of the way James Madison needed to have had a plan for Trey Lance in the 2019 championship game. Uh, that they couldn't adjust to. And on the other side, you know, I think Sam hit all their, that defensive line for South Dakota State is going to have to get home because if you give Schmidt time, there's the athletic wide receivers out there. Uh, they got athletic running backs. So he's got a lot of weapons. And if you give Schmidt time to go through his progression and find somebody, he's going to find somebody. And if not, his legs can, can kind of make a play. Uh, kind of, I mean, Cole John played very well, similar to, to how Schmidt played. Um, but that style that they've each are going to see is just a, just a touch different, I think. For sure. Going to be a lot more mobility. Uh, guys, let's move a little bit into the mental concepts. This is a really good kind of a uh, few sentences written by Garrett Meyer, a great fan on our page, and he'll see us in Frisco. He says, it's a bit premature, but it seems that South Dakota State has finally climbed to at least the level of what we've seen out of NDSU. Um, especially on the mental side of the things. Um, down or tied in the second half of games this year, they remain calm. They wore their opponents down in the past, like a Southern Illinois game would have got completely out of control for them. And UND was maybe just a flash of an early season. So if the Jacks play clean and turnover free, is is that a recipe for them to just win the game? Is, is Sam Houston going to have to force turnovers to win this? Is it that much of a mismatch at right now? I think it's a four point favorite for South Dakota State. What do you think, Kyler? Do you think South Dakota State, if they play clean, just finds their way to victory? I think if either of the teams play clean, they're probably going to win. Um, I, I don't think it's a mismatch if one team's playing clean and the other one, you know, is playing clean as well. I think it's actually a pretty even battle. These are the two best teams. These two teams will face all year. Um, at least that's my opinion. Um, so I think whoever probably wins the turnover battle completely on either end is going to probably end up winning the game. Um, now, 
to answer that first part of Garrett's question, or at least his statement, I still don't think we can consider South Dakota state as being at that NDSU level. You know, I, I would give JMU a lot of flack for saying JMU, even the last three years is not at that NDSU level. Um, just because NDSU had a down season for them and South Dakota had their best season. I don't think we can say, Hey, they are finally at that NDSU level. Um, but they had one hell of a season and they're going to have their toughest battle. And I don't think it's a mismatch. Sam, is do, are we going to have any mental trip ups here with South Dakota State looking so efficient in games where you got close with NDSU, got close with SIU? Um, and then Sam Houston, we tweeted out today, guys, on our official account, held Mammoth, you know, with four downs on a goal line stand, got scored on by NDSU, had to score and then had to hold them. And then, of course, coming back 24 to three mental resilience across the board. Do we see one of these teams have maybe a JSU mental breakdown, Sam, or are they both just right where they need to be? Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they're the the moment or the stage is going to get to either of these teams. You just look how they're built. Um, you know, I think you know, Sam Houston is more veteran than South Dakota State. South Dakota State is playing a lot of young players, but they also just seem to be very mature players. Uh, Mark Ranowski doesn't play like a true freshman. He seems very composed. Uh, then on the flip side, you know, Eric Schmidt is, you know, they he was <laughs> in the worst position possible down 24 to three. And they, you know, calmly just, you know, kept on battling back. And so I, I don't think we're going to see nerves or it might be one of those things where, where it kind of resembles the first the first quarter with James Madison and Sam Houston, where there is some kind of funky play calls going forward on fourth and goal. You know, the weird punt that went off the player's helmet. Like maybe just some weird stuff like that. Maybe the teams are feeling each other out. Uh, but I think I don't. I don't think there's going to be like a whole lot of nerves or kind of just you know you, where you can sense like you could sense with Jacksonville State back in 2015 that they were just kind of shook by everything. You could definitely see that on the field. I don't think we're going to see that on Sunday. Yeah, I think it'll help for sure having two squads that have you know never Sam Houston's been there in the past, but none of these players have walked onto this big stage. So hey, the mental game is is up for grabs. Really, you're not going against some seasoned JMU NDSU. So and uh, Dustin Helton throwing back there, guys. He says, "I wish I could be in Frisco with y'all, but I'll have bail money ready for the admins. Keep it safe and enjoy." So he also vend me twenty dollars for a uh, shop bet we had. Uh, I said that Sam Houston will go to Frisco. He said no way. So. Gentlemen, I don't know how expensive shots are from Castle to North Dakota to Frisco, but hopefully we can get one or two. Thanks I'm just again. wondering who had uh, Sam Houston uh, number one as a voter for like the last six weeks. I didn't know if anybody had that. Ooh, yeah. I don't know on our page. Someone took a lot of heat for that. <laughs> Jamie Williams. All right, boys, let's get uh, in terms of that pressure Jamie felt for putting Sam Houston number one. Let's talk about pressure with that defensive front. Uh, Peter Hagen. John Barger, Justin Perman, Cody Werlinger, all four of you guys roughly asked the same question. No disrespect to you guys, but you're all on the same wavelength here. Um, can South Dakota State's front four get pressure on Sam Houston and that high-octane offense? And here's a really good one. Are James Madison and Sam Houston's defenses not that good to allow such a high-scoring game? Or are their offenses just that good? Kind of some vice versa stuff. Jamie, man, you're the Dukes guy. You saw your team play. What do you think? Is Sam Houston's defense that bad, or is that just how that game went, man? I mean, it's really just how the game went. Both teams had a good defense, and you saw it at times. Look at the whole first quarter. Both teams had good offenses. Look at our offense, Jamie's offense in the second quarter, Sam Houston's in the third quarter. In the fourth quarter, they kind of just kind of canceled each other out. Um, but no, the, 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 neither team has a bad defense. The other teams had good offenses, had good game plans, and figured out ways to exploit it at times. Keeler and his staff made some great halftime adjustments. They never lost their composure, and they were able to storm back. Um, I think the difference in that game, really, special teams. I mean, you know, the punt return, uh, Harry O'Kelly's punt that wounds up at the two, the kickoff mistake. Um, Sam Houston turned most of those into points, and maybe you couldn't recover. you got to play in all three phases. But as far as the defenses, no. I mean, they're both still good. Um feeling out process and you know you found something that, that works and then you adjust to it and you can see how that chess match works back and forth i mean i do think that south dakota state's front four will be able to get home a little bit i also feel like sam houston's front four will be able to get home so who can keep the other team behind the sticks more forcing those third and twelves third and eight those guaranteed pass downs where you can pin your ears back and, and just fire off at the quarterback that's kind of how i see this kind of playing out 
Sam, I, I have more faith in South Dakota State getting home. I feel like it's a freakish pass rush, but uh, – Give me a little description here. Are either either of these teams have a legion of boom style defense with a secondary, or is it like the Tampa Bay Bucks last year with uh, more younger guys back there, but a front seven that is vicious? How would you describe these defenses? Yeah, I think both. If you look at both teams uh, as a whole, and you want to look at you know whether you want to call it a weak spot or the most vulnerable spots. Uh, it would be the secondary for both teams. Uh, you know, I talked earlier about uh, South Dakota State's. Uh, secondary has had some trouble against some some better passing teams. Southern Illinois obviously comes immediately to mind. Uh, then for Sam Houston, uh, I mean the numbers are are skewed a little bit. You know when you when you play in the Southland, uh, but they're I think going into last week they had the number ninetieth uh, passing defense. Uh, I can't remember exactly how many po- or how many yards per game they allowed through the air, but it was it was a lot more uh, probably like three times more uh, than, than what they did on the ground. Uh, and so I do think it's it's going to be hard for uh, both of these teams to get the running game going uh, just because the front sevens are really good. Uh, I think there are opportun- opportunities through the air uh, for both teams about the same time, you know, kind of like we're talking about now is, is how well can these offensive lines hold up against two really good defensive lines. Uh, I, I probably give the edge a little bit there to – uh, South Dakota State's offensive line. Uh, I do think they have the best offensive line in the FCS. Uh, they're pretty veteran. I know Sam Houston has a couple of sophomores. Uh, they've had a couple of injuries also uh, on the on the offensive line front, but it still is a, a really good offensive line. Uh, obviously, I uh, just give that that edge a little bit to South Dakota State. Yeah, I've been saying that on the pod. South Dakota State's offensive line live reminded me of 2014 Illinois State, 26 JMU, repeat, repeat, I know. Kyler, um, before we move on to the next question, man, I'm going to throw you a little twist here. The the question there by these gentlemen was you know, a lot about the front four, a lot about who can get the, the rush. So you uh, love EB3 being an Eastern Washington fan. Which of these two front fours would you fear more? Defensive line lined up that could come at Eric Berrier the third, even though he'll escape 99% of the time, which one would you fear more, man? Specifically for my team, I think I'd actually go with Sam Houston. Um, they're a little bit smaller and a little quicker, it seems like, than South Dakota State. South Dakota State u- utilizes their size more, um, their proudness and their power, where, I mean, I was at the game live versus North Dakota State versus you know Sam Houston. Sam Houston's defensive line was way smaller than the offensive line in North Dakota, but they were out physically them. They were out speeding them. They wore them down with the speed in general. And then you kind of saw, you know, the size of North Dakota state at the last part of the game sort of kind of get to their own. But for this question specifically with Eric Berrier, I think um, Sam Houston state could get to the outside, which could cut off Eric Berrier's lanes a little bit more than South Dakota state could. Interesting, man. We're not finding a lot of things here that are going to indicate this game is going to be nothing short of maybe an absolute classic. Could be a lot of fun, guys. All right. You know, I we think, are, one, I think one thing, Matt, too, because I remember the, the big storyline going into the, the previous title game was NDSU, you know, had the best offensive line in the FCS going up, going up against James Madison, who had the best defensive line in the FCS. I think this is the kind of the along the same storyline there. Uh, like I said, I think South Dakota State has the best O-line. Um, I, I think the best defensive line in the FCS is Sam Houston. And so, you know, is there going to be any, uh, you know, a- any budging at all for, for either unit? And will that decide the game? And, and we saw in the 2019 title game, uh, JMU really shut down the running attack. That is until Trey Lance tucked the ball and, and, and you know, took off with his legs. And so I, I wonder if it's <laughs> sorry to bring up bad memories. Uh, Jamie's like, it already hurts from the weekend. It, I'm already hurting. <laughs> but I, I do wonder if, you know, because I think Pierre Strong is a fantastic running back and Isaiah Davis uh, is, is a good young running back for South Dakota State too. But I do kind of get the sense that those two are going to be shut down for the most part. But Gronowski, he can tuck it at run too from the quarterback position. So I'm kind of wondering if we'll see, you know, both quarterbacks lead their team in rushing in this game, kind of like a weird stat like that. To me, it's what I saw looking at Sam Houston's defensive line. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that late 90s, early 2000s Patriots defensive line where you've got the big guy in the middle, like a big Vince Woolfork with uh, number 95 there and and just really effective speed rushers on the outside. Uh, Trace Masarco, Masalco, I'm sorry, I butchered his name, and uh, Jahari K. It kind of reminds me of that defensive line for the Patriots that could just get after it. 
And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that Sam Houston's line is the Pagers line is the greatest in the world, but the makeup of that line really reminded me of that, and and they're really effective. So I'll be interested to see if they can keep it up one more time. It's it's going to be a really, really fun matchup in really all phases of the games, guys. It's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, almost as much fun as we're going to have literally in Frisco, and Frisco has enjoyed hosting the FCS championship here in the last uh, 10, 11 years, whatever it's been. Since 2011, that's when the FCS started, I'm pretty sure. Um, so since then, uh, but guys, Frisco, Texas. So Mr. Brandon Anderson wants to know, how hard are bars and restaurants in around Frisco crying because neither NDSU or James Madison are in town? Well, first off, Kyler's in town, so he's going to drink as much as probably both those fan bases. But uh, number two, uh, just my personal take on this, I've, I believe James Madison, they definitely held their own when NDSU wasn't there. Yeah, Kyler, beer number two, get it. Uh, James Madison held their own, no problem, in terms of businesses and revenue. NDSU is on a different spectrum because of how many hotel nights and people use it on a vacation home. But I think this question's a little skewed just because of COVID-19. I mean, and a short week, which may be even a bigger factor. So even if we could get at 100%, would both these fan bases be able to plan within five, six days? A lot of Bison and James Madison fans right now are cringing. But you got to remember, not many fan bases have the fall August confidence to just drop $300 and bank off being there. So these fan bases, you know, they're new besides Sam Houston, who went over a decade ago. And they probably haven't had tickets purchased until today. So, of course, there'll be economic impact, but I don't think it's going to be as drastic because of NDSU JMU. I think it's more because of COVID. Uh, what do you think about that there, Sam? You've been down, uh, obviously, quite a bit to Frisco. Do you think the bars and our things will still be hopping as Texas is a pretty opened up state? Yeah, I think they're 100% open, aren't they? Yep. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, I like, I mean, you nailed it, Matt. Uh, if, they, if this was a... You know, if this was if these two teams met this upcoming fall when things were back to normal, then maybe the businesses would take a, a bit of a hit. Uh, just with NDSU and how well they travel, same thing with James Madison. Uh, but with this being, you know, even if let's say NDSU and JMU made it uh, this year, I still think it would have been about the same number of people going down, just with the fifty percent capacity. Uh, but I still do think there's going to be uh, a really good crowd there. Uh, I, I get the sense that. I mean, Sam Houston is obviously their fan base is pumped up and South Dakota State, they've obviously been waiting for this moment for a long, long time. And so I can see maybe, I don't know, a thousand fans from each fan base that don't have tickets uh, going anyway. Uh, I certainly can see that with Sam Houston because I think they're only three hours away. But I I can see a a decent chunk of South Dakota State fans uh, who don't have tickets because tickets will be hard to come by that are going to go down anyways uh, maybe have a watch party down in Frisco just because, you know, they've been waiting to to make it to Frisco, whether it's a weird spring season or not, they've been waiting for this moment for a long time. So I think uh, there's going to be a good, uh, a good number of fans for, from both sides down at Frisco and Plano uh, enjoying the, the, you know, the hundred percent wide openness. hundred percent. And Kyler, is that kind of how it feels in Texas right now? Is it pretty easy to go about businesses bars? What should these people expect if they're, if they're making the trip? Yeah, I mean, everything's open. Um, There's not really a mask mandate either. It's, you know, businesses have the option to enforce it. You'll still see half the people wearing masks, half not. Um, Everything's completely open and it's a good time. But, you know, is the bars going to be hurting? Well, for one, Sam kind of already touched on this. Sam Houston's only three hours away. They're probably not going to be there the whole weekend. Why would you? Um, You have that opportunity to drive to the game and it's not an early morning game like previous years. So you can drive up there drive home after the game, um, which I think some people will do. I'm sure there's also a good amount of Sam Houston fans that already live in the Dallas area. Um, I don't think they all just live in Houston. And then South Dakota State, you know, um, they don't have the fan base of a JMU or NDSU. They still have a solid fan base. But normally you get three weeks to prep to come down to the game, buy your airplane tickets, find hotels. It's a little tougher when there's only a six-day notice. You know, um, everything gets a little more expensive. So, yeah, the bars and stuff are going to suffer a little bit in terms of revenue, but guess what? They're, it's not going to – I guess let me rephrase this. The bars are not going to suffer in terms of revenue because everyone's been cooped up in their homes. Everyone is going out to bars and restaurants every single weekend now, so they're totally fine. Uh, but in terms of like the FCS fans and viewership, it probably won't be the same as the last few years, but you shouldn't expect that anyway. Yeah, clearly just a pure dollar amount, it's going to be a hit. But you can't really take it at face value because there's a ton of other factors. Short week, COVID, that could affect it for sure. 
Uh, moving back into the game, guys, we've been hitting the offense a little bit, hitting the defense. Special teams could be what makes or break this, especially if you're an NDSU team uh, This in the quarterfinals. So let's talk about special teams and who has that advantage. Uh, Sam, I hate to keep always pinging on you, but you are the special guest. A lot of people love your opinions. We we respect you a lot. What do you think about the special teams? And uh, Kyler and Jamie, they're fine with me ignoring them. I'll pay them back in Frisco. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think you probably have to give South Dakota State the edge uh, on that. Uh, obviously, Sam Houston redeemed itself from the quarterfinals with, with some huge special teams plays in the semifinals. But I think even... I mean, Casey Keeler even said it, you know, in the playoffs before the, I think it was either after the Monmouth game or before the Monmouth game uh, that he said, you know, our special teams just aren't re really good right now. So even, even the coach kind of admitted that they, that's, you know, the, the, where they struggle. Uh, I, I, I will say though, I think Sam Houston has the, the better returners, so, you know, Ezra being one, you know, he's a fantastic playmaker. Um, I know one of the Yankee twins is a punt returner for South Dakota state and he's pretty solid. Uh, you just might not have that, you know, you know, really big time ex uh, uh, explosiveness. Um, but I, I think as far as the returners, the edge to Sam Houston there, uh, as far as just the coverage teams probably give the, the edge to South Dakota state just because I don't, you know, they've, they've been solid. They haven't given up any big returns uh, that I remember seeing. Uh, and then so kind of a split there. But overall, probably just have to give the, the nod to South Dakota State because they've, they've been solid all, all season long. Uh, you know, not like fantastic or anything, but just, you know, overall solid and, and nothing that really sticks out. Just for that consistency. Yeah, for sure. That was a question for Joshua Hoffman, who's a Jackrabbits fan. Joshua, hopefully you can make the trip down to watch your team and support him, my man. All right, guys, uh, not to move past special teams so quickly, but I think we're all going to want to get in on this. Uh, can we burn and ban the term soft Houston now? Keith Hooper, one of the best Sam Houston fans on the page, gave him a shout out last week. Shout out to you, Keith. Hope the whiskey was good as you celebrated your victory, my man. Time to ban the term soft Houston. Guys, we've been saying for years that this thing should be banned. And I am opening up my Sam Houston defense argument on my notes, which I copy and paste to our page 16 times a week, I think. But here, I'm just going to go to the rough stats, okay? Since 2011, Sam Houston now, three national championship appearances, six semifinal appearances, seven quarterfinal appearances. Two times they've been seated. Two times when they haven't been seated, they've made the semis. Four times seated, they've made the semis. 22-11 and 11 playoff record. Listen to this. 9-2 against the Big Sky, 3-0 against the Big South, 2-1 against the CAA, 1-0 against the Gateway Football Conference, disbanded. 2-4 against the Valley, four of those are NDSU, but that's a pretty big outlier. 1-2 against the Ohio Valley, 1-0 against the Patriot, 1-0 against the Southern, 2-2 against the Southland. So there you go. Virtually, if you think you've got some sort of edge over Sam Houston, Yes, they, those blowout losses caused them to be soft Houston because they got blown out by big physical teams. But their overall resume is not, it just blows other, other teams out of the water. It's not even close. If you took rings off the fingers and you said, all right, who's got the best resumes? Sam Houston is top four, top five, easy. Better than South Dakota State. Uh, taking rings off, probably, I don't know, kind of better than Eastern Washington or at least close. Um, if, if you take it, rings off, they're better off, than Eastern. Yeah. 100%. So they got their chance to get their ring here, but this one's fired me up because it's just such a weak argument because of one loss for it to be gone. Uh, Kyler, will go around the horn here, man. What do you think about soft Houston? Is it dead? Here's the thing. If you guys want to continue to use the word soft Houston, you better say soft Dakota State as well. If you're looking Ooh. at just their blow off, blowout losses, South Dakota State has as many as Sam Houston does in the playoffs. They've, they've lost to Eastern Washington in a blowout. They've lost, of course, North Dakota State, who hasn't. You know who hasn't lost Eastern Washington in a blowout in the playoffs? Sam Houston State. You know who's beaten Eastern Washington every single year in the playoffs? Sam Houston State. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of my my whole narrative. Everyone always gives South Dakota State all this props, and they are a damn good program, damn good you know program. They deserve to have the props. But then they say soft Houston, when literally their resumes, playoff-wise, regular season-wise, they don't even compare, but they have the same amount of blowout losses in the playoffs as each other. So um, that's only my thing. If you want to continue to call soft Houston, soft Houston, even though Sam Houston is legit, they always have been legit. They were a top four team of the decade last year. Right now they're a top two team of the 2020s. No questions asked. Um, then you need to start saying soft Dakota state as well. Stop giving them props because they play North Dakota state tough in the regular season, then blow out in the playoffs every single year. Besides this year, it's the same type of thing. They're both solid programs. Start giving these teams some damn respect. 
Sam, you threw it out on Twitter, man. You you had some thoughts on this topic. What do you think? Soft Houston, officially dead, my man? Yeah, I mean, I think it, it should have, you know, really been dead back in, in 2019. Because I think the, uh, I guess I don't, you know, the the soft Houston, from my perspective, people were saying that less, you know, about like trying to take away from Sam Houston's, you know, overall success and more of just about their style of play. Um, and, you know, how, you know, let's call it like it is. I think even their fans and, and coaches would admit it. Their defense was soft back in 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017. You know, in fact, I, the, I, I was at the post game uh, I can't remember what year it was, but one of the years when NDSU, it must have been 2017 or 2018, 2017, uh, when NDSU beat uh, Sam Houston in the semifinals and Casey Keeler opened up his press conference and, and said their men were better than my boys. And I was mm. like, that's, I mean, he's not wrong, but that's, that's, yeah. you know, quite the statement right there. Um, and so he knew right there that, yeah, like, I mean, he, he didn't call the team soft or anything, but he knew they needed to get tougher. Um, and so I think that's where the soft Houston uh, comes from is just kind of that, that style of play and, and, you know, how their defense kind of rolled over against some of the more physical teams. But like I said in my tweets, you know, I think that that the nickname should have gone away in 2019 because that's when Sam Houston really started to play great defense. Like mm-hmm. Sam Houston's defense didn't come out of nowhere this spring season. Like they were playing great defense in 2019 and, and we talked about it a lot it's just the casual fans didn't notice because sam houston was barely above 500 they missed the playoffs uh they were struggling on offense uh their starter went down with an injury and then eric schmidt came in uh who was a backup at the time that he was a, a little banged up and so they just weren't really a good football team in 2019 but they were playing really good defense and then in the in our 2020 fall preseason poll, you know, for a season that that got postponed, obviously, we had some comments. Oh, it's not a preseason top 25 without Sam Houston in there because we had him, mm-hmm. you know, somewhere in the late teens, I believe. And we said, hey, this this defense is legit, and their offense, if they stay healthy, they have a chance to be kind of the Jeremiah Briscoe type offense offenses where they put up um, a lot of numbers, but this isn't like the, the 2016, 2017 teams where they play terrible defense. Um, and so I, I think that, like I said, the, the soft Houston stuff probably should have ended in 2019. If people are using soft Houston to describe their, their style of play, because they, they, they got rid of that style of play in 2018, they started to transition, but 2019 is really when they started to play really good defense. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've had a few fans throwing compliments our way for, um, hey, you guys kind of called it this and that, but it's great research and, and stuff like that from Sam Herter and Hero Sports, BetMGM and Craig Haley and Athlon that allows us opportunities to read your guys' articles, see those stats, and then come on here, drink a bush light and be like, wow, Matt's so smart. I'm like, yeah, I am so <laughs> smart. So I'm just flipping through Hero just Sports. Just you're ads. drinking a bush light automatically <laughs> proves you're not smart. What the hell right. is that? I know, uh, the small town North Dakota. Well, at least Sam and I are both drinking Sam's. Yeah, you guys are. Yeah, really I have, I have bushlight bottles in my fridge, and so I'm thinking uh, of cracking that. But you know, I wanted I wanted to do the the Sam Adams for Sam Houston, but the blue label. I kind of I thought that would be a little clever, so I, I went with the Sam Adams instead. I love it. I love <laughs> or it. Or you're just a narcissistic person. You're like Sam drinking Sam. Right. Oh, Sam. Yeah. yeah. I only drink guy. Sam Adams. That's the only thing I drink because <laughs> it's got the name. Uh, I love that. <laughs> Uh, guys, this will be this will be fun. Uh, Will Emanuel Siller, who will be down in Frisco, we'll have beers with him as well. Uh, yeah, he wants to, yeah, this is it's going to be great to meet up with all these folks. He says we'll we'll do this as a little bit of a, a game here. He says, "Why will Sam Houston win?" And conversely, why will South Dakota State win? So I'll take why Sam Houston will win. Kyler, you're going to take why Sam Houston will lose. Jamie, you're going to take why South Dakota State will win. And Sam, you'll take while South Dakota State will lose. So I'm going to start here with why uh, Sam Houston's going to win. And I'm going to say it's going to be because of, very simply, a Walter Payton, could be a Walter Payton quarterback, combined with a quick scoring offense. Like South Dakota State, when they've given up to SIU and all that, they just don't stop scoring so no matter how good south dakota state gets a stop on a third and 12 no matter how efficient south dakota state seems to be in terms of holding sam houston back qb makes a play offense keeps rolling quick boom 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 and that's what sam houston's been able to do jamie said it really really well so my answer of why sam houston will win would be they can score when they need to quote jamie williams so kyler 
why will Sam Houston lose this game if you had one reason? Yes, Sam Houston is going to lose because they're soft Houston and they're playing a Valley team, you know. That's, oh, that's, <laughs> uh, JK. I... Um, no, so I mean, since I only have to take your take since you assigned me, not what I really think is going to happen. Um, Sam Houston State's going to lose because right now you have Davis and you have Strong, two amazing running backs. Plus, you actually have the freshman Gronowski, who he's a phenomenal player. He's a dual threat. I don't think Sam Houston State has seen anything like that so far in the playoffs. You could say Cole Miller was something like that, but he hasn't had the arm talent so far as a Gronowski. Um, so I would say you're going to see um, Gronowski start picking Sam Houston apart on the secondary. And if he doesn't have any openings, I mean, even if Sam Houston shuts down the run, he can still scramble, get a few yards, start dinking and diving some things to to keep the ball in their possession most of the game. Jamie, why will South Dakota State lose this game, my man? All right, South Dakota, why will South Dakota State lose? Uh, they will lose because Sam Houston will score more points than them. Hashtag analysis. No, um, <laughs> South Dakota State will lose simply because Eric Schmidt will make the plays that need to be made, and he will get the ball out quickly to his talented wide receivers. All And Noah Smith will be more of a factor than he was against James Madison, kind of like he was against North Dakota State. We've been saying that South Dakota State is kind of a carbon copy of what North Dakota State's always been. So they will use the carbon copy game plan that they used. They will not screw up on special teams like they did against North Dakota State. So that is why South Dakota State will lose. They will not be able to stop Eric Schmidt from moving the ball down the field. Uh, Mr. Sam Herter, as it's stated on many T-shirts, which went to a great charity for COVID-19, you hate all FCS teams, especially my team, according to a shirt I own. Um, but so it, regardless of that, why do you think South Dakota State wins this game? So I think South Dakota State would win uh, because I do think uh, they'll th defensively. I think they'll be able to get to uh, Schmidt. I do think they'll be able to disrupt uh, him. Um, and again, it's just a matter of you know if you do get your hands on him, don't let him escape uh, the pocket. And then on the offensive side, I think when James Madison had success, uh, like Percy got he didn't get loose, but you know he's a very uh, he, he makes you miss, uh, and I think he, there are a few plays there where he, you know, it wasn't a long run, but it was maybe an 8, 10, 15-yard run where, you know, he just, he just kind of slipped out of there. And Pierre Strong is is very much that type of runner, um, and so I think even if, uh, you know, Joseph Wallace on the interior bottles things up, I do think Pierre Strong has the, you know, ability to, you know, be slippery uh, and turn what should be a, a minus two-yard run into an eight-yard run, and I think they can continuously do that. And at the same time, uh, South Dakota State does a really good job of play action and then hitting one of the Yankee twins, uh, you know, kind of down the middle in between where the where the middle linebacker, right in between the middle linebacker and the safety, they really like to hit that route. Um, and, you know, Sam Houston's defense, Sam Houston's secondary is vulnerable uh, to the big play. And I think they can, you know, with a combination of, like I said, Pierre Strong, I respect in his running ability uh, and then. You know, Gronowski pulling it on play action and hitting some plays downfield. Um, I do think they have the balance to give Sam Houston's defense uh, trouble. You know, I don't think they're going to score 42 points or even 35 points, uh, but I do think they have a better – I think South Dakota State's offense is better than James Madison. Um, and we saw JMU obviously, you know, I think it was, what, 24 points in the second quarter. Um, and so they, they, they did find some success against uh, Sam Houston's defense. Should be interesting, guys. Um, for sake of time, we won't have time to get to my question, which is about quarterback play. But I will just give a shout out to you, Sam. I remember Hero Sports Podcast a few years ago. You guys mentioned that, hey, we have all these great FCS teams. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. You know, great defense, good lines, yada, yada. But you always said it just seems like North Dakota State has that guy. It just seems like with Danucci now, James Madison has that guy. It will be a lot of fun to see two teams who have the guy go up against each other as a missing piece for FCS squads across the nation. Because uh, I want to give you time, Sam, for this is this is your platform for this final question before we get into our quick hitters. Um, this is from Mr. Joe Gass, a Delaware fan. Sorry about your blue hens, Joe. Uh, you guys will have a great fall, I'm sure. Can we all agree if you if you are talking about an asterisk on the season, it's just sour grapes that your team isn't playing this weekend. All right. So we all have the receipts on here that we totally golf clap agree that there's no asterisk on the season, but I've been a huge negative Nancy of the season. 
Some of us have teetered a little bit. I've probably been the worst of an up and down roller coaster. I'll admit that. But Sam, you have been the steady hand of positivity. Everything has worked out in your favor. You've been better than all the media pundits on calling this season. So is there an asterisk on this season? And talk about how proud you should be about saying how this thing went off without a hitch so far. Yeah, there, <laughs> there is that weird three-week stretch where, you know, there is multiple people saying, you know, oh, just cancel the season. Or a lot of people saying it feels like this, this, uh, <laughs> this, uh, you know, it feels like the season is circling the drain. Uh, but, you know, but just asking, you know, multiple different commissioners or people in the conference offices, they're just, you know, I don't, they're just saying, I don't know. The only people that are talking about this are media and the fans. Like there's no conversations going on within the conferences. And so I was never worried about this season not finishing. But as far as the, I think the, what we should be talking about is less of an asterisk and more about is the champion going to be legit? Because in my opinion, there is going to be a small asterisk like right away. Like there's not going to be, not in my mind, not in my opinion, but there's always, there's going to be some fans and some media the first two months after whoever is crowned the national champion saying, oh, it was an asterisk season, whatever. But that's going to go away pretty quickly. You know, if we remember the NBA bubble, people were talking about, you know, oh, that's an asterisk season. It's a weird bubble season. But now when we talk about LeBron James, how many rings does he have? Four? We just say LeBron James has four rings. We yeah. don't say LeBron yeah. James has three rings and then he won one in the bubble. Like that asterisk is gone already. And so the asterisk question, will there be one? Maybe right away in some people's minds, but that'll that'll go away quickly. I think the more important thing is to talk about how legit is this national champion. And you'll have Montana, Montana State fans, you know, maybe even a little bit of Central Arkansas fans, three really good programs talking about how it's not a legit champion. But you look at the powerhouses that were in this bracket, South Dakota State, Sam Houston, James Madison, Jacksonville State, Weber State, Delaware, North Dakota State, Eastern Washington. That's probably eight of the top 10 blue blood programs in the FCS. They were all in the bracket. All the top teams that played this spring were in the bracket. And it's not like the bracket was a four-team playoff to determine the national champion between the four seeds. I mean, you had to win four games to be a national champion. You know, Sam Houston, let's say they win, they beat – North Dakota State, they beat James Madison. In this hypo- hypothetical situation, they beat South Dakota State. How is that not a legit national champion? And people might talk about, all oh, you know, some teams opted out. Well, the combined record of those teams that opted out midseason was like 6-32. and 32. Like, all those teams were irrelevant, besides maybe Chattanooga, who wasn't going to win a national championship anyway. Some people will talk about, oh, not all these teams got their games, and James Madison had like three games canceled. Well, in hindsight, maybe it's a good thing those games got canceled to save – you know, three games worth of reps on those players' bodies. And mm-hmm. so the season wasn't perfect. At the same time, it's almost worked out perfectly in the sense that all the top teams that played this spring are in the brackets. There was no cancellations in the brackets. Yes, some games got canceled, but in the end, maybe it was a bad thing they got canceled. And so, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing to say. The season wasn't perfect. It was messy, but at the same time, when we look back on it, I think we're going to say, you know, that was probably about as good as we can ask for, for for a spring season. Let's just never do it again. Let's never do a spring season ever again. <laughs> I think a little golf clap there for Sam Erda as well. Well, well put. And uh, yeah, definitely. Like the one thing I've said before I move into quick hit questions is I guarantee Wikipedia still exists in 50 years. And the kid who Googles how many championships, let's just say Sam Houston has, if they win, there'll be one there for 2021. They'll never know the difference in terms of how that season played out. Yeah, so, we don't care what Bobby Hawk thinks anyway, so there's no asterisk. Yeah, Go no asterisk. If, if Montana has been needed to avoid asterisks, we've had asterisks since 2002. So, all right, boys, let's move Woo! into some quick hit questions. Uh, all right, Keo Wilson, guys, we met up with him in 2019. Great James Madison fan. He says, favorite bars and restaurants to eat at in Frisco. Wish I could come to Frisco next weekend, but I'll see you in January, he says. Um, I don't have a specific one, guys. I just know I always get a big, juicy steak when I land in Frisco. First thing I'm going to do, go get a steak. Kyler, you're the man down there. What, what's the spot? Floor is yours. Yeah, so um, I'm going to pick something that's not in Frisco, but you know what? Close enough. It's in the Dallas area, um, and it's you know a little bit north of downtown, but not too much. My favorite place is Rodeo Goat. Um, they have the best drinks, the best burgers. And every single month, they have two burgers of the month that are just specialty, and they compete. Whichever one wins that people buy and vote for, that goes on their menu the next month. Um, but Rodeo Goat, best drinks ever. They have this, like, manmosa where it's, uh, 
you know, a whole bunch of vodka and, and orange juice and stuff. And it's a limit too. They allow me to have five because I hold it like a king. Um, so that's my favorite. And their burgers are just phenomenal. So yeah, Rodeo Goat, if you ever are up in the Dallas area, that's the go-to. Cool, cool. We'll have to hit it up. Jamie and I are going to be playing a little bit of tourists as Kyler takes us around for the weekend. Um, all right, guys. Adam Willie, awesome fan, NDSU fan. I believe living in Illinois, Adam. Correct me if I'm wrong. He says, should I hop in the car and drive down Saturday night after work and get there by game time Sunday? Jamie, should Adam make the cross-country trek, I should say downward trek, to Texas? What do you think, man? Find your way to I-35. Get your butt down here. I know you won't, punk, but do it anyway. <laughs> Oh, Adam, he's calling you out. We we pre-planned that. We're like, if we if we call him out, he'll have to do it. So yeah, man, Adam, if you can make it, uh, even though our, our bison aren't there, it's still going to be a heck of a game and it should be a fun atmosphere. Uh, Sam, this one's fun, man. Bruce Edmiston, who has been not happy the Valley got five teams, no doubt, Jacksonville State fan. We don't says, care what Bruce thinks. Uh, <laughs> all right, Bruce, here we go. Sam, what changes, if any, would you like to see to the playoff format? 16, 24, 32 teams. But I think this is the one he really wants to throw in there. Limit to the number of bids for any given conference, etc. Sam, would you have one or two random changes you would make to the FCS playoff field? Uh, yeah, I don't. I think twenty-four is fine. Uh, Thirty-two is getting to be too many. Uh, lowering it down to sixteen um, doesn't make sense to me. The only way that would make sense is if you took away the auto bid from you know the the you know, the NEC, the Pioneer, the Patriot League, or else then you're, you're going to be looking at, because once the WAC and the A-Sun get auto bids in a couple of years, then it would be 12 auto bids and only four at-large bids if we, if we went down to 16. So lowering the number of teams doesn't make sense. Raising them, I think it, it waters it down even more. So, you know, my so my changes, the, the, first, the first two are, you know, what everyone always talks about. It's... Uh, and that's seeding one through 24, then also not, you know, mm -hmm. with that not regionalizing things, you know, that's never going to happen uh, just because the FCS, you know, the market isn't there to get better, a, t a better TV package. Um, and so the NCAA is going to try to, you know, make or save as much money as possible. The one thing I would change that might be a little bit more possible um, would be not having the first round during Thanksgiving weekend um, that that might result in the semis during christmas weekend and so sometimes that calendar might not work out uh but the three weeks in between games you know isn't ideal so i feel like there is a, a chance to not have the first round on thanksgiving weekend because those those first round crowds are not good and some of that has to do with the weather some of that has to do with you know maybe the teams playing aren't you know the NDSUs and james madison's you know of the world but i, I also think obviously you know playing on thanksgiving two days after thanksgiving um, isn't great for that either. So that's one, I guess, realistic change that I would like to see. The one thing I would say to that, Sam, James Madison actually did play in the first round in 2018. And oh, yeah, yeah. We, we played Delaware, so conference rival. Now, granted, the weather was terrible. It rained all morning. It did clear up at game time, but I believe the attendance was in the 8,000 range when we averaged 20-plus. Mm -hmm. So I, I think it proves your point, even with – and NDSU or JMU and JMU in this case playing. I, I think it just highlights the point, and I totally agree with you. I think you could maybe shift that semi, do it the, right after New Year's. I know you don't want to compete with, you know, bowl games, but then you, I don't like the three weeks in between either. Uh, but I, I think you're dead on. I, I like that. Yeah, you both, can both suggestions. You can see, uh, yeah, great feedback. The one thing with that too is if you're closer to Christmas for a semifinal, sorry, Christmas, I'm going to that semifinal game. If it's round one, and my team was 7-4 entering the field, and it's Thanksgiving weekend, eh, now I'm going to go. But most fans, I think, round one, eh, semifinal, let's go. Let's make it happen. So, uh, guys, final statements here. Dustin Helton says, congrats on winning the shot, belt. I, shot bet. I was wrong, and I admit it. Thank you, Dustin. Ooh. We look forward to that shot. Can we have a shot belt instead? Oh, I like shot that. Belt. I like that next. I like that mix-up. <laughs> a shot belt, man. Yeah. Too, much, too much Mountain Dew for me tonight. Holy moly. <laughs> Uh, and then we're going to let uh, Sam take this one by himself because we'll discuss this next week, guys. But Sam, get ready for this, my man. Jump in the gun, but are these the two favorites going into the fall or do they lose too much before then? Brian Thompson already getting into the fall. And uh, Jacob Martinez says a lot of teams in hindsight had pretty good shots with how close the games were. SIU, SDSU, VMI, JMU, Mama, Sam Houston. 
Do you think this trend continues in the fall? So say I'm looking forward to the fall, man. Should these be our favorites again? Uh, what kind of factors play into this being another fun season? Yeah, I think both these teams should be one and two going into the, the fall season because I don't think either team will lose uh, a whole lot. Um, I guess the one benefit of the, the spring season is if you're playing this late, it's going to be harder to transfer. Um, I know the deadline to enter the transfer portal this summer is July 1st, um, but but moving forward, it's going to be May 1st, uh, the deadline to enter the transfer portal. Um, but just with this weird you know, spring season, just weird calendar year, it's going to be July 1st. And so I don't think you're going to see Sam Houston. I don't think the transfer portal is going to hit Sam Houston very hard. I don't think a lot of their seniors plan on – a lot of their key seniors plan on moving on. Uh, same thing with South Dakota State. You know, I don't think like Pierre Strong, I don't, I, I don't see him entering the transfer portal. Um, I believe one of their starting linebackers – who is a senior, um, he's going to med school, and so he'll be moving on. Uh, but I, I think all the other seniors are coming back. So, yeah, I think these will be one and two. Um, and I think the the field will be a lot more wide open in the fall uh, because JMU is going to be even better. You know, NDSU is going to be even better. Um, you have the Montana schools entering the equation. Uh, you know, Central Arkansas, I think, will, will be um, probably a top 10 team, uh, Southern Illinois. Uh, you know, obviously it was right there uh, as well. Um, so, and Delaware will be better too. So I think the field will be very much more wide open next season. Uh, I do think things will probably go back to normal a little bit in a couple of years. Um, not normal in the sense that it's NDSU versus everyone again, but I don't think we're going to see 10 teams in tier one every single year. I think in the fall, we could have eight to 10 teams in tier one that are legit national title contenders. But I think by the time we hit 2022, 2023, it's going to still be, you know, those same five teams that that always rise uh, to the top. So I think things will go back to normal a little bit, but we are set up for a very entertaining fall season. Awesome. One question I wanted to ask that I was thinking of. So do you feel like coming into the beginning of the season that these teams that played will have a little bit of an advantage but consequent on the flip side, will the Montana schools and the Central Arkansas have the advantage towards the end of the season? Maybe they're a little fresher. How do you think that plays out? That'd be interesting to look at too. Yeah, that, that's something I, I've been talking about. You know, on some radio shows. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I think Montana made the right decision by playing at least two games. Uh, well, I mean, they should have played all their all their games, but I think you know they they did uh, uh, they had a better choice or they made the better choice than like a Sacramento state of just basically going two years without playing any games. Same thing with like Towson. Uh, you can understand why Montana state didn't play any spring games just with the coaching change. But I do think teams like we'll take, let's take the big sky. For example, I think Weber state is much better off than, Mon- than, Mon- than the Montana schools and Sac states early on uh, in the fall regular season. But I will be interested to see, you know, let's say, Weber State and Montana meet up in the quarterfinals. I think then playing in the spring could be a disadvantage for Weber State and not playing a full spring schedule could be an advantage for Montana just because maybe they're a little bit more fresh, you know, their their legs are a little bit, you know, underneath them. And so I think it'll be it'll be a balance, uh, but I certainly wonder for the teams that haven't played any games at all in the fall or spring, like you're going 2 years without playing games, like how what are these teams going to look like in week one and two? Like how many penalties are there going to be? What's the execution level going to be like? Um, I think those teams are at a disadvantage to start. And just to answer your question, Jamie, too, on my opinion, as long as there wasn't any key major injuries, all these kids, I mean, do you remember what you were able to recover from in college compared to what you're able to recover now? (laughs) No, that was 20 years ago. Remember, I'm old. Kyler, we're going to find out this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, these kids, they're going to be able to recover as long as there wasn't long-lasting injuries, which definitely happened in the spring. That could affect the fall. But other than that, you're still having months off. I don't think that's going to be detrimental to any kid. If anything, it's just going to – I think it's going to make them elevate in the fall. They're already having that muscle. They didn't take too many months off to where maybe they got more out of shape. I think they're actually going to come into better shape, and I think it's actually going to probably be even better for them. It's going to be my opinion. super interesting. I I can't wait for it, guys. Hey, we'll be back on the podcast literally like four months after we're done with this one. So cannot wait. All right, gentlemen, Mr. Brandon Owens from Cocky Nation who joined us last week. He says, will the non-Big Three finally win a national championship for the first time since Western Kentucky in 2002? Of course, there was a time there where it was Big Sky, CAA, and SOCON. 
not Missouri Valley, but the Missouri Valley has kind of taken that spot. So that leads us into prediction time. Um, Sam Herter, uh, for you folks who don't know, he's very involved and is one of the main man men for Hero Sports and Bet MGM. And so for his predictions, we're going to hold off because you want to look up their articles, follow him on social media. Uh, you can see all of the links to his Twitter, Facebook accounts, and everything below this YouTube video on our podcast link to be able to see it all. So Sam, we'll let you hold off for predictions as folks will catch yours later in the week. For us guys, let's do it. Um, not even humble. I am really proud of this. My bracket is perfect. I have a perfect bracket <laughs> and I'm not deterring from it. South Dakota State, ever since I saw them live, I said they're the best team in the FCS or the most balanced Gronowski really won me over yesterday with that Tom Brady video he dropped. Uh, that 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 had some swagger. I think the support around him and the confidence of that young man who has now led three game-winning drives, one game ceiling, two game winning. He's just got an edge to him, and the offensive line support is so good. South Dakota State they seem like that team that was destined to blow someone out in the semis, roll into Frisco and win. I've loved the Bearcats. I've picked them as my dark horse since the beginning. I just can't see South Dakota State being derailed. I think they're better in all phases of all balance. So I'll take South Dakota State 31, Sam Houston 24 in a classic. Kyler, what do you think, my man? Who's the national champion? Yeah, they're definitely not better than Sam Houston State in all phases because only Sam Houston State was able to completely shut down NDSU's offense to make them look like the worst offense that's ever played football in the history of the game. You know, North Dakota State was two, two special team returns away from getting just made look like an amateur, like what they did to Eastern Washington in the second half. Um, I mean, that, Kyler, that's that game. Kyler, this isn't a Missouri Valley Bison nope. podcast. Please hey, let's leave them out it. of it. We're doing it. But, you know, I just had to correct you on saying, you know, Sam Houston is worse than SDSU in all categories of the game because Sam Houston's defense may have proved that they are better than SDSU's defense. Offensively, I think they are better than SDSU's offense. Sam Hurd already said this in the special teams. Sam Houston's probably a little bit better in the special teams. And it's in Texas. They don't have to travel far. I'm going non-Big 3, Sam Houston State is getting the win. It is not an upset because they have had actually probably the best resume throughout the whole year and how they have dominated teams. They've beaten all their Southland foe teams like 48 to 14. I mean, they've rarely had competitive teams until they have gotten to the playoffs. And they, like we have all said, they got screwed by the committee. You get a two seed and you get the worst side of the bracket, the toughest side of the bracket. The committee gave them no favors and they prevailed. They were able to make clutch plays. I'm going Sam Houston State beats South Dakota State 27-24. I think it's going to be a good game, though. Absolutely. And just so before I get any hate, uh, this isn't a Valley thing. Uh, Viking fans don't cheer for Packers. Yankees don't cheer for Red Sox. And Celtics don't cheer for the Lakers. I will not be cheering for South Dakota State. The unbiased in me just says that I think they're going to win. I hope the Bearcats do pull it off. I got the Rabbits. Jamie, what do you think, my man? What is your prediction for Frisco? Goodness, ever since this matchup was solidified uh, after I got done being pissed off, I've been trying to think and decide who do I really think is going to win this game? I really think these teams are so very evenly matched. I think we're going to be looking at an awesome game, and I, I, it could go either way. Uh, we almost had a chance at overtime last year if JMU was able to score and grab the two. Gosh, I can see overtime this weekend. So in order to – like Matt with his perfect bracket to justify what my public stats FCS poll has said for the last six weeks. I'm going to take the team that I've had number one since then. I'm going to take Sam Houston mm. and maybe that's their kiss of death. And I'm sorry if it is Bearcat fans, but we're going to go 34, 31. I, I think there's going to get some points. Uh, there'll be some explosions. There's going to be some great defensive plays. Might get a special teams explosion, you know, some surprises. Who's going to run a trick play? But, yeah, give me the Bearcats. Plus, hey, the team that beat my team, so why not root for them? There you go. All right, one rabbit, two Bearcats. Sam, yours is held off. But, my man, this is your time, your floor. We really appreciate you coming on here, helping answer our fans' questions. Anything you want to mention about the game, your your time coming up in Frisco, you can plug away to, to all the amazing platforms you're on. The floor is yours, sir. Thanks again for being on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I will say I do think it is good for the FCS uh, that they will crown 
a champion not named North Dakota State or James Madison. I do think having that fresh blood is good. Um, I, I will say this. Um, I, I think if you're if you don't know who to cheer for, and you just want to cheer for what would be best for the FCS. I think having a non Valley CAA Big Sky team win it all would be good. I think just to add a little bit more balance <laughs> to the FCS and have a, a non quote unquote power three team uh, win it all. Um, I think that would be good just for the health of, of the FCS. And so, um, you know, if you want to cheer for, you know, if, you, if you're figuring out what, what you want to cheer for, then maybe cheer for Sam Houston uh, in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, I do feel like these are two likable teams. Like you have to respect what Sam Houston has done. Uh, I, I don't really know anyone that hates South Dakota State besides Bison fans just because they're the rivalry. But I mean, I mean, Stigelmeyer is a very likable guy in my sense. So I think these are two. Not. What's that? Keeler's not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I can. Yeah. He kind of has that used car salesman uh, vibe to him at times. <laughs> but I, I do, I do like Keeler though. I, I think respect he's, him. I think he. I'm coming from a media perspective because I, he gives fantastic quotes. Um, and I wrote in my column or in one of my articles too, like as far as just like straight up coaching jobs, as far as like taking a team and turning them into like something different or switching around a, a bad team to a good team of all the coaching jobs in the 2010s. Uh, I, what Casey Keeler has done in these last three seasons has really been, you know, really been a, a fantastic yeah. coaching job. So uh, yeah, that's, that's all I got to, to wrap up the podcast for you guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks yeah. For thank, coming, thanks for making the time, Sam. It will be interesting to see guys who wins a uh, national championship, another Missouri Valley team or the, or the whack, right? Yep, the whack. The whack. Let's go whack, baby. I, I was saving that one. I was like, come on. Someone's got to throw. Southland, they'll get a champion for what? A few weeks and then it's the, it's the wax championship? How's that work? No, no, no. Uh, shout out to Sam Houston and all they've done in the Southland. Good luck in your new conference. Good luck to both teams. Guys, you have been listening to the FCS Fans Nation podcast run by our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram page. Follow us on all those social media. You can follow our hosts with all the links below. Make sure you follow all the platforms that Sam Herter FCS is on. He's with BetMGM and Hero Sports. We look forward to seeing him down in Frisco and the rest of you. Uh, make sure you're following our Twitter, especially because that's where we're going to be posting constantly of kind of where we're at, where we're going. We would love to meet as many of you as possible, have beers and have a good time. So Kyler, Jamie, Sam, I'll actually see you in person besides through the screen this weekend. I can't wait. It's time for Frisco, time for beers, time for Texas heat, time for some brisket and fiddles in the band. Thanks to everybody for listening. It's time to crown a new FCS champion. See you in Frisco, guys. Boom. Boom. probably didn't even read it anyway so it doesn't matter no nope. uh -uh. every single time every single time we do this Sam